It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and it is another topical episode today because as the draft uh, announcements continue to come in, today was the deadline. We had a, a couple of big names, and one of them in the category of players that we are going to be talking about today, Colin, which is the wider two. Two. Yes. That's right. The wide receiver group. Look at them go. Yep. So, yeah, we, we had uh, declarations rolling in. Uh, two of the names that that came in will be talked about on this list. Gave, gave a little tease out on Twitter. Give you a little tease here at the beginning of the podcast, too. Uh, national championship has been crowned. NFL playoffs are underway. And here we are putting in the dirty work, getting ready for draft season, baby. You come out of wild card weekend in the NFL. You get done celebrating the Jags' amazing victory over the Chargers, and then it's right back at it again. <laughs> um, so a little bit of a disclaimer on this episode. Um, the wide receiver class is unbelievably deep. Like, did you... When you're going through your list here, I didn't I didn't get to half the guys that I thought I was going to get to because there's like 20 players. Yeah, I was going through and I was like, okay, I need to watch, say, 10 guys for this. And then I was like, God, I still need to watch this guy. I need to watch this guy. And I was just, yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm like, there's maybe 15 guys that I think are good at football that I don't then we'll see later on how good because we'll still dive into them. We'll talk about them later, but on this episode, we're focusing on the top five and a few honorable mentions, right? This, uh, yeah, we're, we'll get to all of these players eventually a hundred percent. This is fresh. The, the college football season is freshly over. This is the initial scouting phase of the process. We're not even into, you know, the senior bowl, the combine, that whole dance yet. So there's a lot of time, I feel pretty good about my top five right now. I I wouldn't anticipate anybody that I didn't watch making a shocking uh, vault to the top, but maybe, maybe, because the class is so deep. And, man, we're talking about the running backs last week and how, how deep of a class it is and how many names there are and, you know, X amount of players have a third round or higher grade in the NFL draft. Well, I'm coming away from things kind of thinking running backs got the top end talent, but wide receiver, man, the, the middle rounds, your dynasty draft, second round, third round, even fourth round guys have some real names that when we get into, you know, a, a clear, a bit of a clearer picture of it. And the, when the landing spots come into play here, there might be some real gems down there that uh, would be ripe for the picking. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're sitting here, and it's like you're looking at 10, 15 guys deep, and all these like all these running backs are going to be stacked up in the first round. You're going to get maybe uh, two or three receivers, depending on your draft, a few quarterbacks sprinkled into those top two rounds. And then once you start hitting that middle, second, early, third range – you're going to be raking in some of these wide receivers. And these are the people you're going to be seeing on the sleepers list on, you know, all, all these value sheets. And so we're, we're feeling great about the depth of this class. And it was really hard to work out a top five because you see a lot of really good traits in all of these wide receivers. Really? You're sitting here and it's like, Oh wow. He does this. Well, he does that. Well, he does this. Well, well, where does he land? Like where where does he land in my rankings? And it, that that seemed to happen quite a few times with with me at least. Yeah, I almost want to immediately run back what I said about guys that I haven't watched not having the juice to make a run because I'm thinking of some names right now that we talked about a lot during the season, and I remember really liking some of those names. And it's it's up for grabs, man. It's up for grabs. I'm not closing this race quite yet, but I. Coming into today, I'm feeling good about the top five, so let's get into it. Hit me with your number five receiver for the 2023 draft. My number five receiver is Rasheed Rice. 
wide receiver out of SMU. Uh, I mean, we talked about him quite a bit this year. He, he got a campy on the award show for best wide receiver. Uh, I mean, he does a lot of things well. It, it's, he's a very well-rounded receiver. He is a smart route runner. He has a lot of catches in traffic. He has good long speed. He comes back and attacks the ball on his short routes, so the DB doesn't get a chance to to jump that. Uh, great spatial awareness. I mean, he he wins against a lot of smaller DBs, which is nice. But it's also like he's playing a lot of smaller DBs in the conference that he's in. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rasheed Rice just really really impressive season from a very impressive player and he he jumps into my number five with a a lot of good traits that could make you an ex-wide receiver in the league one of these small school guys that have a chance to make an impression yeah I obviously it's it's no secret man I love Rasheed Rice he did not make my top five so I'll say that he as of right now he's coming in at number seven um reasons for that I'm questioning if he's just a really, really good number two. I don't know if he's a legit, you know, number one X weapon for a team. Now, that's not that's not to say that he that he couldn't be a very relevant fantasy player. He has a very fantasy friendly game. Very good after the catch. Great at the catch point. You can see this guy being sort of a menace in the red zone. And, I mean, obviously this is a player that I would be targeting uh, if I have a high second uh, in Dynasty drafts. 100%, this is a player that I want on my team. I just I wasn't ready to push my chips all the way in on him. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I. See, there's definitely flaws in Rice's game. I mean, he's not perfect receiver. He, I, I have that he he doesn't really break tackles. So there's not a lot after the catch that you see with Rishi Rice. Uh, the ball security, again, it kind of ties hand in hand with the after the catch. He, he has a tendency, if he gets a good hit put on him, that he can lose the ball. Yeah. And that, that can get you sat on the bench pretty quick in the NFL if you have a fumbling problem. Uh he can lose at the catch point deep, like on deep balls. If you are physical with him at the catch point, he he has a tendency to get those passes broken up. And that that's where I think you can see Rishi having like a number two role where he, he might, you know, work as a compliment to a number one receiver and then be a, a fantastic deep threat in that system uh, and then be able to do a few other things. But that that's a little bit scary when you start to see him get kind of manned up and out physical and that kind of a nature and then get kind of beat up at the catch point. Yeah. He's a, he's one of those weird players. That's really, really good in contested catch situations, but he also kind of has a drop problem, right? Like it doesn't really make sense when you see guys like that, but I mean, he's got 16 contested catches on 33 opportunities this season. I mean, he was constantly involved uh, in physical battles at the catch point, and then nine drops. I right. mean, it's it's a true 50-50 ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, obviously the athleticism is one thing where we'll get to learn a little bit more about him when we get into the testing portion of this thing, but I – I don't think he's a top-level athlete by any stretch. I think he's certainly serviceable, uh, but I think it might cap his upside a little bit, at least for me. Um, also, like you said, the fumbles, three fumbles this year. I mean, not it's not going to work. You got to keep your got to keep that thing high and tight. He's pretty loose with it. He'll he initiate contact with the ball, kind of hanging out there and. Uh, we saw you know three different instances this year where it just doesn't work for him. So. Like I said, I still really, really like this player. Seventh player on my board, I gave him um, a really nice, you know, firm, like, third-round NFL grade. Yeah. 
but yeah, I think that, he'll probably get drafted. The wide receivers tend to go a little bit higher than I would personally draft them because it's a little bit of a premium. So I could see this Rasheed being like a late second, early third type of a guy. And I mean, that's that's tasty. That's tasty capital for a receiver. Yeah, definitely. And he's a, he's a little bit of a screen pass merchant. If you if you look yeah. at the the targets and reception totals, it's like yeah, there's also like five screen passes every game, that just spots him five catches, five targets. But yeah, he's good. I I got him number five. He's he's a, a really nice, well-rounded player. Man, I love we got you got uh, Kendra Miller last week, and now you got Rasheed Rice. I yeah. just I love that. That's <laughs> an I don't even have those players. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this player. My number five wide receiver in the class is Zay Flowers. We talked about Zay a few different times this year. He earned himself some badges for making some ridiculous plays throughout the season. And that's really what he is. He is a Zay maker. He is big play Zay. I mean, that... He is an explosive athlete who is deadly in the open field. I mean, give this guy space. Boston College knew that. They schemed him, you know, just get him out, give him, you know, touch passes, end arounds, get him over the middle, get him moving, uh, and good things happen. And more often than not, that's what happened this season on a team that uh, struggled. Quarterback play was was very suspect, and Zay still found a way to shine. Um, Not – from a technical standpoint, route running, it's not always great, but he has such explosiveness and great athleticism that I think it's an area that he can definitely grow into a little bit more with some coaching there. So I didn't see it as a huge problem, especially because there were flashes of, of some really nice routes on his film as well. So I'm just really curious what you thought about Zay. Yeah, so I ended up having Zay at six, so he just barely missed the cut for me. Uh, I, I love a lot of things that you covered. I mean, he's fast as hell that that's a win, but that leads him to rely pretty heavily on his speed. And it gets a little sloppy in the route running department because you see him attack a DB, you know, make his first break and then he'll stem him and then make another break and just lose the DB. Yeah. And that, that is like, Oh, that's high level, deep threat. You know, you're using your speed, but you're also being a technician. And you see flashes of that, but a lot of the times it's just, I'm going to try to run by you. And and that's a little a little sloppy for me. Uh, also, he's very he's a pretty small guy. He's listed 5'10", 175, something like that. And he plays small. He, he shies away from contact, it seems like. He, on, on drag routes, he'll, like, bend it back towards the line of scrimmage to avoid getting hit over the middle and that that's not my favorite but uh outside of that i mean there's a lot of good stuff out of zay there's a he could be a very he's electric with the ball in his hands like you said his footwork is very good when he's using it um but yeah he's he's also open a lot and didn't get the ball (laughs) a lot when he was open and so he could have had even gaudier stats in some of these games. Yeah, he was I mean, he was very clearly the best player for that team and I mean it wasn't a great team. So uh numbers could have been even better for Zay, but I, I definitely agree with a lot of the things you said. One of the things, you know me, I like bigger wide receivers. There's a lot of smaller guys in this class, and what really sp- stands out to me is the little guys that can go up and grab it every once in a while, and I see that with Zay. He's got, you know, I think he's going to have a nice little vertical leap at the combine because you see him go up and play above his listed height a lot of times, you know, against the sideline and tight situations, tough catches. I mean, he shows up there and, and I mean, some of the plays that we gave him badges over throughout the season were, were plays like that, where he's winning down the field. He's, he's making great catches. So I see a lot of potential with him. Like we said, it's not perfect, but it, you know, I think he can get there. I think he's a. I think it's coachable stuff for him. He's also a decent blocker for his size, dude. Yes, uh, yeah. I noticed him <laughs> kind of getting down and dirty on on the run plays where he would he would like push a guy back and then seal him off, and it's kind of it plays into his speed because the defenders are are moving backwards, 
when when Zay is pushing up on him, and then Zay can get his hands on him and turn him, and then the run play can come behind him. I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, man, I I love you see that. Just the, he's a fiery player. You like to see players where the the emotion of it comes out on film, and that was that was Zay for me. There's one he just buried a guy on a run play, just put him in the ground perfect block and then he just finished it and you could tell he was pretty satisfied with himself so that's a nice little bonus for zay as well number four colin so my number four was a favorite of mine through the season uh and watching the tape i cooled down a little bit uh but it's josh downs so downs i mean when Drake May is scrambling, it feels like Josh Downs is the one getting the ball. It feels like him and May had a kind of mind meld in where can I find an open space? How do I move when May is moving? You know, that that kind of thing was beautiful to see because, I mean, if you go to a, a offense with a, a improvisational quarterback and they're working and you can become one of their best friends in the scramble drill, that can be hugely valuable into moving you into a wide receiver one position, get you an extra two, three catches a game. Uh, he wins at the catch point. I mean, time after time again, you talk about little guys winning contested catches, winning, you know, uh, above their weight class. I, I, Josh Downs does it over and over again. Uh, if you line up a linebacker against them in the slot, it's over. I mean, it. Good night. Uh, the intermediate routes are excellent. I mean, makes people miss. Uh, he every time that they play anybody plays off coverage or zone, it feels like he's wide open. So, I I got a lot of good things to say about Josh Downs. I have some negatives too, but I, I'll uh, let you tell me where you where do you got Josh Downs right? How do you feel about him? He's my number four. There we go. But I 100% agree with what you said when you started there which is that I cooled on him just a little bit. Yep. Uh, I have him and Zay effectively kind of tied right now, honestly. I couldn't really pick one way or the other. I opt to go downs here. I give him a little bit of a push just because they're kind of similar players in a sense. I mean, similar body types. Downs is just a much better technician at this yep. point. I mean, he is he's a real technician um, slot weapon. We've talked about him so much. And like you said, I mean, the catch point skills are just phenomenal for a guy, his size, 13 contested catches on 18 opportunities this season. I mean, it, he's a small guy that wins in the short, dirty areas, but you get him down the field a little bit, intermediate stuff, and he will go up and grab it. So I, yeah, I really like what I saw now in terms of negatives. I mean, the, the physicality is just yes. it's yes. it's it's really tough for me and there's not you don't get to see a lot of it and this is a reoccurring theme across all wide receivers is you don't get to see a lot of guys going up against tough physical press coverage in college these days and there's not a lot of it to to point out with downs but when it happens when guys are getting their hands on him when they're being physical when he's going over the middle of the field and linebackers are kind of getting getting up in his grill a little bit he doesn't respond well to that and that's i mean for a guy who can separate as well as he, as he can i don't think it's the biggest issue but it's certainly something that's going to limit him uh, and limit what he limit his ceiling a little bit in the NFL yeah i 100% agree i mean i I have here. He's a passive run blocker. He, yes, he does not. Too. He does not want to block. Man, if you're in the if you're in the slot, you got to block. If you could just merge Zay Flowers and Josh Downs, I think you'd really have a hell of a fucking prospect. You'd have the perfect player, <laughs> man. Uh, he's another guy. I also have shies away from contact. He gets bullied off of routes. I mean, you you can see him going over the middle and in that five yard bump and run range, a linebacker will just give him a forearm shiver and he'll yep. it, it's over. Like you, you he's not getting back on track after that. Uh, he doesn't really break tackles. I mean, you want him to. He's a, he's a smaller guy, a thicker frame, but he he just he can make people miss. But like if you get your hands on him, it feels like he's going down, and so. I, I agree. When it comes to the physicality of the position, it feels like Downs lacks a lot of that. 
Yeah, I mean, I I wish I wish there was a little bit more of him in the open field doing some fun stuff because yeah. I feel like that would really take his game to another level. Also, what do you think he runs? He doesn't seem. I wanted. To, I thought he was faster, honestly, yeah. and it doesn't seem like he's taking the top off very often. It doesn't seem like he's breaking angles. I, I mean, he'll be fine, but I don't think he's going to surprise anybody on the high end. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I know he dealt with some injuries this year. I mean, there were low, lower body injuries at play. I don't know if that was affecting him throughout the season, but yeah, I was didn't see him to have the speed that I expected or wanted him to have. So yeah, I, I cooled on him a little bit here. I I mean, he's just I, I I had to keep him at four. I had to keep him at four. It's just it's too good when it's working, and I think I, I just yeah, I couldn't quit on him. But. I agree. I agree. There, there was just a little bit too many times where I was like, "Damn, come on, give me yeah. a little more, give me a little more." But oh, man, I know. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So I don't. I yeah. I said I have downs at number four, so we're good there. Yep. I'm wondering if we're going to be good all the way to the top. We'll see. Uh, number three, Colin. Number three. I got Jordan Addison. Here we are. Uh, so I think Jordan Addison's the best route runner in the class. I'll get that out of the way. Uh, he's sudden. He's explosive in and out. Uh, he has good run after catch if he can get through that first tackler. The His whip route is the most disgusting route I see out of any college player in this class. Uh it's NFL ready. I mean, you could you could put him in. Uh, that's a goal line kind of route where you're in the five in and you're one on one with a slot corner. Jordan Addison's winning that. Uh, he's a smart route runner in terms of where he's going, when he's going there, deep routes, intermediate, shallow, doesn't matter. He's he can like on a slant route, you got a certain path. He adjusts that path based on where linebackers are. I mean, that's zone, that's man. Either way. And he's a better blocker than you expect. He's got a little bit of that stuff in him. Uh, he tries, I guess I should say. He's not really a good blocker, but like you can see there's effort there beyond uh, some of the other guys that are on this list where they don't even put in half the effort. Like Jordan Addison will go after a guy, but he's still, I mean, 175 pounds. So he's probably not going to win those. I also have Addison at number three. Here we go. <laughs> So there we go. Um, obviously, this is a huge arc for my character uh, from the preseason, <laughs> um, not including him in the top five. I get him in at number three. Now, listen, I still – some of the things that made me press pause in the preseason still show up, but one of the things that doesn't are drops. Yeah. He very clearly put – time and emphasis into cleaning that up and getting better at the catch point he only had three drops this year uh that was you know his first and second seasons he had 21 combined and he had actually two two drops only this year so big big job there by him to clean that up and he i mean he was looking better at the catch point too this year still you know every once in a while it pops up but um Another guy that I just the physicality, the physical yes. nature yeah. of his game. It's it, what what do you do with a guy like this? And I keep seeing Devonte Smith pop up. It's comp season. We're in it now, and Devonte Smith keeps coming up, and I just don't see it. I don't think Jordan Addison really is an X player at the next level. I think he's a really, really, really good slot player in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I I mentioned his name with Devontae Smith earlier this season because you were talking about size and so on, whatever. And it's like he plays bigger than his size would suggest, but he is nowhere near Devontae Smith when it comes to playing big, playing physical, because Devontae Smith is through and through an X receiver. Like you can stick him at X and he can win press. He can win against man. He can win at the catch point. I mean – he, he blocks, he can break tackles, all that stuff. Addison doesn't have a lot of that. Addison can get bullied off the line of scrimmage. He has these long 
releases to try to freeze the corner if the corner's playing press coverage, and it throws off the timing of the whole play. You see that a lot where he's sitting there and he's like, he thinks he's Devontae Adams, but then he doesn't get open. And so, like, that, that is a huge problem. Uh, so, yeah, he can definitely get beat up. It, it doesn't seem – because, like, the thing the, – the big question people were asking when Devontae Smith came out was, can he win versus press coverage? Because he's so small, can he, will he get beat up? And it, it was proven time and time again that Devontae Smith could do that. And it seems like Addison struggles with, with that tight man coverage. And you didn't get to see it a lot like a lot of these guys. You don't get to see – that consistent man-to-man press coverage. But when you did with Addison, it seemed like it took him a long time to get into his route. Yeah, I mean, you like I said earlier, you don't get to see a lot of it. It's hard to project it. But, I mean, I'm going to go to a game that USC played against Rice of all of all places. I yep, mean, that's Rice had I a corner. Rice had a corner man that was he was not afraid at all. Like he was ready to go one on one with Jordan Addison. And he was playing him tight. He was playing him tight and it was working. Addison was not it, it didn't seem like he had the move that he needed to make to get to beat that coverage time and time again. Uh he still had a good game, obviously, because he's Jordan Addison, but it's just the fact that it, it kind of when it does pop up, it kind of lingers in your mind a little bit, especially against a lower level of competition like that. But at the same time, like I said, I mean, stick him in the slot, like you said at the top, I think he's he's right there for the best route runner in the class. I mean, it's it's crispy, it's smooth. I mean, I he he understands space really well. Like another player we're going to talk about. I mean, I think him and that player, if you know who I'm referring to, I think him and that player are kind of almost in a class of their own uh, when it comes to that type of stuff. So um, the only reason that I have Addison here at, at three is really that, you know, the size limitations and, you know, kind of, you know, what, what do you project him as at the NFL? I think you can project him as a really, really good player. Um, but we'll talk about number two in a second. Yeah, and if he's in a pass-heavy offense and a creative offensive coordinator, I think you could really see him shine as a fancy asset. If he's stuck with a low-volume pass game and someone who isn't creative and doesn't know how to maximize his ability, it it might not be good. Like it, You could see... A lot of bad because if they if you have an offense coordinator, you draft this guy twenty, let's say, and they're sticking him as their number one receiver, it could be ugly for a while until they figure out what to do with him. So, I as a Addison supporter, as a you know through and through, I've been an Addison guy. Beware the the situation that he lands in on NFL draft day because it could be worrisome. Let's talk about number 2. Let's do it. Quentin Johnston. Yep. Am, are we are we in agreement We're, there? Yep. He's not he's not wide receiver 1. No, he's not. Definitely not. There was a lot of conversation about this. Would Quentin Johnston with the size speed specimen that he is claim the number 1 spot? And for both of us, he did not. So why? Uh, Obviously, I really like Johnston because he is what nobody else in this class is, which is a 6'4", 6'5", menace uh, that projects in, well, you'd think he projects in a dominant X receiver role, but... I don't know if that's what I see him doing at the next level. I'll just start by saying this. A very common comp that I have seen over the last several weeks with Quentin Johnson is T. Higgins. And I could not disagree with that more. I don't understand that at all. I mean, take everything that you know about T. Higgins. That is like the opposite of Quentin Johnson. They're only similar in size. I mean, Johnson is not a catch point monster. He's just not. T. Higgins' best trait was he will win 
basically anything you throw his way in one-on-one coverage. He was the Alshon Jeffrey-esque ex-contested catch beast. Limited athlete. People wonder, can he separate in the NFL? That was a question mark that people had with him. He's obviously proven that it was wrong. But Quentin Johnson, there is no concerns about that. He's an elite athlete. He is a 4-4 speed guy at 6-5. And I think that's what he projects as. I think he projects as a player that can win down the field with his speed and over the middle with his speed. But I don't necessarily know that he is the you know the the 6'5 catch point guy, throw it up to him in the red zone. We kind of talked about this, you know, during the season, but you go back and watch the tape and it really starts to stand out like this guy almost feels better in the slot. Yeah, so the the player that comes to mind a little bit when it comes to role projection is a little bit of what we saw last year with Burks. Where is he a freak athlete? Yes. Can he make people miss after the catch? Yes. Is he X receiver size? Yeah, he is, but should just because you're big, does that mean you have to play X receiver? I don't think so. Not in the modern NFL. So Johnson, I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm, I am at wide receiver two as well. Uh, my He's not a red zone threat in terms of go up and win over the top of people. He's uh, a little sloppy on short routes. I mean, you know, when you're this athletic, you can be. And when people have to, back off to worry about the deep threat ability it's fine to be every once in a while but he could you know serve to clean that up uh but yeah he's a deep threat he's fascinating looks like he, he looks like he's running the same speed as the db like they look like they're going the same pace and then johnson's just by him these long strides i mean he understands exactly what he needs to do to get past people I mean, he is great with timing in against zone. He he is great with knowing exactly when to sit that route down and turn around and the ball's there. Uh, I mean, he's hard to tackle. He almost always makes the first guy miss. And that's what turns him from a good player to a game-breaking player. Where you're looking, it's like, yeah, Johnson, curl route, seven yards. Nope, broke the tackle. He, on that little shimmy turnaround, and now he's going for 15-20. And it seems like it happens at least once a game. So I, I totally agree that Johnson does not profile as the X receiver. Like, can he play that? Yes. But would he be better served as a big slot where he's getting involved in all kinds of facets of the game? I think that'd be a lot more fun to watch as his kind of career develops. But I, I think there's a lot of ways that he can be used as an X receiver either way. But I, I think he'd definitely be better served in a more a non-traditional role. Yeah, what 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 gets him here, what gets him to my number two spot, and I, I really went back and forth with him and Addison. I mean, this is another situation where they're kind of almost tied. They're just – they're such different players. It's like pick your pick your flavor here with the yeah. guy that you want. After the catch stuff is just phenomenal. I mean, he he is an exceptional athlete. He will get to Indianapolis. He will put up all the numbers that people want to see. There will be no questions about his athleticism, and people will leave headed to the draft thinking this is the guy. This is the wide receiver one, and I think he will be that I, I think he will be drafted as the first wide receiver off the board if I had to bet on it I would say that's probably what's going to happen and I don't want to you know I don't want to paint the wrong picture here he's my number two player number two wide receiver like the player I think he's I think he's overdrafted I think he's going to be overdrafted yeah I agree he, I don't, he's not a top 10 player he's just yeah, not yeah no I totally agree with that I I think uh, like I said, there's going to be some team that falls in love with the athleticism and the idea of having this guy be your number one receiver, and they're going to take him really high. Uh, and we'll, I mean, we'll see how that transpires. I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine, but I just don't know if he's going to save your wide receiver room. Right. 
what do you what do you make of the national championship game? Man, I don't know. I Georgia's really so so much better in terms of uh, athleticism and coaching than almost any other team, and the SEC as a conference is just so dominant compared to basically every other conference that TCU just was. I don't think it was ready for a game like this for a game plan like this for players like this so uh i don't i'm not gonna say i don't put any stock in it but uh i mean one catch for three yards is isn't good it's not a good taste to leave in your mouth but i i don't see it as some glaring uh like disappointing game that i'm gonna levy my entire value of johnson off of but it, it comes into play here i i mean like you i him and john or him and addison were back and forth with my two or three and it's just the athleticism and the playmaking after the catch is just ridiculous so i i i mean i think that'll translate yeah i agree i think i mean it's it's easy to look at his body of work this year and say where did this guy go I mean, there's games where he just wasn't wasn't a factor on this high-powered offense as, you know, clearly the best wide receiver on the team. Where did he go? Uh, well, then there's games like Michigan in the semifinal where he's 163 and a touchdown and he's got the, he gets the highlight reel after the catch sprinting down the field. I mean, like, it, it is what it is. He has the highest ceiling of any wide receiver in the draft class. I mean, it's his athletic traits are rare at his size, incredibly rare at his size. Uh, and you know, there's, it's not to say that he can't continue to hone the thing, hone some of his weaker points of his game. I mean, if, if he becomes that sort of, you know, if he's able to go up and grab it, get your arms out, Quinton, you're yeah. six, five. I mean, like, He's a body catcher. Just go up, extend your arms. These 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 corners are six inches shorter than you or more. I mean, just get your arms up, figure that part out part of your game out, and I mean, yeah, sky's the limit. Does he have a high vertical? Doesn't seem like it. I I, <sighs> yeah. I just don't I don't see him jumping high very often. Like I, he gets these balls thrown up, and it's like uh, that's impossible to catch when. You're copping him to T. Higgins, and the ball looks uncatchable, and T goes up and skies up and plucks it out of the air. It's like, oh, right, that's a, a NFL athlete, X receiver that's going to win jump balls. I just don't see Johnson doing that. Well, and th that's the thing is like so many times, even down the field in tight coverage. I mean, there's a there's a play. I I don't remember which game it is. He's down the field like he always is. He's he's got the top off. He's he's past the safety, and instead, of the, and it's a tight play. The the throw is a little bit underthrown. It ends up being a tight play at the goal line, and instead of you know you'll see receivers smaller guys adjust back to the ball, get their get their hands up and make the play. You know you're you're adjusting to the flight of the ball and you are snatching it above the DBs. And Quentin just kind of hopped and like let it float into the bread basket. And I don't know if that, if like in that moment he decided like this is my best opportunity to make the play given where the throw is, how the throw is coming in. But it just, it didn't look, it, it looked like he should have got his hands up there and, and left no doubt and said, you know, this is mine. I'm going to win this over you and I'm not going to leave any chance of this getting deflected or anything happening but he I mean he makes the catch it's a great play but it's just stuff like that where it's there's a lot of that on his tape yep I agree all right man of the hour Jackson Smith and Jigba yes sir we made it yeah all the way from the summer when we had him as number one, and you can go back and you can listen to that, and it's a lot of love, a lot of love for Jackson. And we didn't get to love Jackson at all throughout <laughs> the season because he wasn't playing. <laughs> so, Colin, why is Jackson Smith and Jigba still 
still the wide receiver one, despite the narratives, despite what everybody's telling you, why is JSN still the guy? Okay, so first and foremost, any of these wide receivers could have taken the number one spot. It's not like I'm an Ohio State fan. It's not like I love (laughs) Jackson where I'm going to stick this guy at my number one no matter what. Any of these guys could have came in and taken the number one spot, and they didn't because the things we saw from Jackson in 2022, 2021, wow, 2020, it's 2023 now. It's it's hard to get it when it's the 2023 class and the 2022, yeah. So in 2021, the things we saw out of Jackson, I mean, he is just – a well-rounded wide receiver through and through. He can walk in and be a number one receiver in any offense. He has the highest ceiling in the class, in my opinion. He has an extraordinarily high floor in the class. I mean, he is he creates space like no other wide receiver. The route running is subtle, but it's incredible. I mean, you see... Addison and it's it looks sexy what he's doing you, you can see like he he runs his routes like a basketball player doing a crossover with a lot of shoulder movement and a lot of hips a lot of footwork Jackson it is just you are playing catch up with me you are waiting to see what I do and I have you frozen and it, it it's just the timing the release the run after catch I mean it, it is uncanny to see this guy do it in his sophomore season and then be injured all year and still be my number one because of the tape he put out his sophomore season with Garrett Wilson Olave I watched back though that tape and he still looks better than both of them even though we can say we can go back and be like well no Garrett Wilson is so good because he's probably going to win offensive rookie of the year no Jackson was still better than them on multiple occasions last year so I I mean, it, I I was open to the spot getting taken, and nobody did it. I'm right with you. It was up for grabs. It was Quinn Johnson's race to lose. The, the lower on the height chart you go, the harder it is for these guys to win my number one spot for wide receivers. <laughs> and Jackson Smith and Jigba, as a small slot-only player, he's there. I, I said Quinn Johnson has the highest ceiling in the class, and I, I mean, I think that's true because he of his athleticism. And it's not very often that you look towards floor when you're talking about the top end of the draft. But I think in a class like this, it makes a lot of sense to take the ultra-high floor of Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, he is... As far as I'm concerned, I mean, you throw the injury to the side. Take the injury away. He's the safest player, safest wide receiver in the class for me. No doubt about it. I mean, I feel so confident that this player is going to have a huge role at the NFL level, and I'd be very confident taking him in the top three to four picks in a dynasty draft. I mean, I can't say that about Quentin Johnson right now. I would be hesitant to take Quinton Johnston with that high of a pick, knowing what the other side of it might look like. And I don't think the other side of it's really there with Jackson. I think he is a player that you can count on that also can develop into one of the best receivers in the NFL. His route running is exquisite, exceptional. Everything about it, the way that he uses his entire body, his head to sell his routes, the manipulation of the deep. I mean, it is, it's pristine and you play zone coverage. This guy it's, it's over. It's he over. will, he will destroy you in zone coverage and he flashes some nice skills against man coverage yep. it, release moves against press man against off. I mean, he ha- he has it all. And I, I, I love this player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've watched a lot of film these last few days of the, all these receivers, so I can't recall exactly what game it was. But when when I say he like holds the DB hostage, it's like he he had a route where he was coming off the line of scrimmage out of the slot, 
And he puts this just subtle, slick release move on the guy. Gets him on his back hip. And then they're running vertically. Jackson just gives him this little inside move. And the DB takes two steps to the right. Jackson goes out. And then uh, he's got Chris Olave blocking for him. And he's running down the sideline for a touchdown. And it's like... It's it's the the beautiful art of the game. It's the beautiful little things that he does well that make him a professional wide receiver. And what gives him the confidence to declare for the NFL draft when he hasn't played all year? I mean, because he has these skills and he knows he has them. And, uh, yeah, you can sit out a full year. You're still my wide receiver one pretty comfortably. NFL-level artistry. At the yes. wide receiver position as a 20-year-old. Yep. I mean, that's what we're talking about. I mean, by the actually, he probably was 19, if I'm if I can do math, for part of the 2021 season. Yeah. Yeah. I it was against uh Nebraska. Nebraska is the the game I'm thinking of. So if you want to even do advanced math here, it was week ten of uh when he did that. But yeah, I mean He's going to come in young, too, so all the breakout age uh, things will qualify. I mean, it's a he's just a, a phenomenal player. Yeah, he will be 21. He will be freshly 21 on draft day. So he was 19 the last time we saw him. Yeah. And that's what he looked like. So... I I mean I'm not like I said this is not the this is not a platform where I'm going to stand here and tell other people what they should do. I just think the narratives are a little bit out of control. Let's let's but let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about it. Why why is this happening? The athleticism. What what do you think about Jackson as an athlete? So the thing that Jackson lacks is long speed i mean that's a that's the big issue i guess is he's not going to take the top off your defense if it's i mean deepest deepest man he's not going to like outrun a safety and after he gets the ball in his hands he's probably not going to break angles which is not great but is not necessary i think to be a great receiver there's there's plenty of really good receivers that don't have that uh but also I don't really know what Jackson's catch radius is because it feels like he's always so open and or the ball is so accurate from Stroud that you don't often see him having to make acrobatic catches. So I don't I don't really know like what what that even looks like for Jackson uh but I'm sure, I mean, with the hands that he has, I, I'm sure he could make any catch. Yeah, it's not often, but we've seen it. Right. We've seen how he can adjust to the ball. And I think this was something that we talked about in the summer, which was 2021, 10 contested catch opportunities, 9 contested catches. And this is a slot player that wins in dirty areas. He has, like, sticky the stickiest hands. And so in terms of radius, I mean, yeah, maybe there's some question marks there, but I don't think it's a huge concern. Athleticism. Okay. Let me put it like this over under four, six, one. I I mean, I would go slightly under, I feel like NFL players, if you're training hard enough for the 40, you can get it under there. I also think he's under four, six, one, just from watching him. And Amon Ra, who is a common comp for Jackson, and a, what I would imagine would be a similar type of role in the NFL, four six one, same, basically the same size, four six one, hasn't affected him at all. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it, it can be such an overblown factor when you're talking about a player that has such a, a skill set like this where it's not a, it's he doesn't need to have 44 speed. I mean, that's just like a cherry on top for a guy like this. And I think he'll be in the 45s. Okay, so I was going to ask you over under 45 flat. I'm going to say I'm going to say over. Okay. So I'm going to say like 452. 
the the player that I comp Jackson to in terms of play style is CeeDee Lamb, who ran a 4-5 flat at the 40 or at the combine. So uh, if you're talking about, oh, he's got to run a 4-5 to be fast or to be draftable, it's like not – no, you don't. You can operate out of the slot. You run it. You work at your own pace when you're coming out of the slot. I hate to say it. You don't have to be a deep threat to be good at football. I mean, you look at the best slot receivers in the league. I mean, Amon Ra comes to mind. Keenan Allen working out of the slot comes to mind. Devontae Adams is not a burner, but he still gets open over the top. You want to know why? Because of the like the perfect routes. Like, if you can fool the defense, it does not matter how fast you are, and Jackson's going to be plenty fast. And it's on tape. Right. It's on tape of him doing that stuff. I mean, he's he, he can win. He can get downfield. I mean, it's I don't, I don't see that as a concern at all, and that really seems to be the, you know, that's the big thing. It's like he's limited. His, his ceiling is limited because of the, his athleticism. You rattle off some of those names of slot players that have four or five plus 40 yard times. It's, it's, I, I don't know. It's not a factor for me at all. Now, if he runs like a four, seven, you can start <laughs> well, to be a yeah, little concerned, well, yeah, I mean, but okay. that's just not going to happen. I don't. Yeah. It's not, I, I would be, I would be shocked. Yeah. There it is. Top five wide receivers, 2023 dynasty draft class. Uh, I mean, there are so many other guys that we, we didn't talk about. I mean, the, the players that we did talk about, they have their own little quirks. I think number one is the safest guy in the, in the class, but, and everybody else you can kind of, you know, pick and poke at a little bit. Like I said earlier, I think when you get into that second tier, I mean, it's, you're kind of splitting hairs. I think at some point you get to like that five to maybe like. 10 range and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of talented players in that range uh guys that didn't make your cut that you want to talk about and i know one we're gonna have to talk about all right so i have jalen hyatt as my seven and i i mean the conversation has to be had because he was the Blitnikoff winner. He was the breakout player of the year. He had an incredible season with Tennessee. Uh, how does he now make your top t- top five? Maybe he could be a first-round pick in the NFL, all that. Uh, man, Jalen Hyatt, I, I, want, I went in hoping to change my mind, like I do with a lot of these guys that are lower in my rankings. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, prove me wrong. I want to I wanna see you do more than I expect you to. And again, Jalen Hyatt, he's great against off coverage, really good against zone. He finds holes. He attacks gaps. He's fast and he makes defenders wait. He, he makes defenders like wait to see what he's going to do. And when defenders don't do that, Jalen Hyatt gets taken off the field. He's, he's bullied into, a regular player and you saw that against Georgia you you asked me how I felt about the Georgia performance for Quinn Johnson and it felt like the entire TCU team was outmatched in the Georgia game for Tennessee it felt like Jalen Hyatt got bullied off the field like he got pressed and he could not win a rep against press he every time they're off sure Jalen Hyatt does a little slant route gets a catch finds a hole gets a catch but it, it just felt like when the defender didn't fear him, when the defender wasn't captivated by this speed, if they have help over the top, they could like kill the play for Jalen Hyatt. I agree with you. I mean, it's it's hard to press a guy like this. He's got, you know, low, I would say low four threes. I agree. He's I, he, fast. It's It's legitimate, and I don't. Like, this is where you kind of have to separate your NFL brain from your fantasy brain a little bit because I understand why the NFL would value this player high because that speed is lethal. And you watch the Alabama game again, you see it time and time again. 
He will close gaps on off coverage. You're playing him off. They're respecting his speed, and he will close that gap in an instant. And before the safety can even react to help over the top, he's already gone. And he did that like four times in that game. I mean, DeMarco Hellams, who's an NFL prospect, NFL talent at the safety position, was like getting just absolutely abused all game because he could not react fast enough to Jalen Hyatt just exploding and taking the top off. But like you said, that isn't just, you know, you can't just, that's not just going to happen. You know, there's going to be, you know, NFL teams are going to play a lot more like the Georgia game that you see where they're getting very physical with him. They said, beat us. We're going to play tight on you. We're going to push you around a little bit. Yeah, there's you know instances where it's past the five yard marker. It's college football, but yeah. it's like prove to me that you that it doesn't affect you. You know, like when you're getting, you know, when you got a a, a man corner pressing you in the NFL and he's gonna be putting his hands on you on your when you're trying to release. I mean, prove that you will not be phased by that. I just I don't see it with him, and so. I understand what his NFL role is. I think it's a valuable NFL role. I think he he will fill a role on a team very well. He's not a player that I'm interested in really from a fantasy perspective because I just don't see the stat upside with him. Do you, so I'm going to bring this all the way back full circle. How do you feel about him versus Jameson Williams? Because Jameson Williams burst on the scene at Alabama, did almost the exact same thing. And he got drafted, I don't remember, top 15 for sure, to the Lions. Sat for almost a full year. Didn't have much production at the end of the season. But obviously, we'll see if that bears fruit in 2023. So how do you, how do you feel about him versus Jameson in terms of role, in terms of fantasy value, etc.? I thought Jameson was just a much more complete receiver. Uh, I mean, he's... Like Hyatt's not a small player, neither is Jameson, but ja- but Hyatt is just very he's like so one dimensional. Like he's yes. kind of a stiff athlete. He's not really good in the open field. He just is what he is. He's gonna run goes, he's gonna run posts, he's gonna you know, he's gonna use his his trump card, which is his speed. And it's something that not many people possess. But Jameson Williams could do a lot more than that. He was better at the catch point. He was better in dirty in dirty areas on the field. And then he just also happened to be an uncoverable deep threat. I mean, it he he was a special player. And Hyatt has special speed, but I don't see the upside as a player like Jameson. Yep, I agree. I, I think Jalen Hyatt Jameson Williams did a lot of work after the catch also. He could break angles with his burst and his speed and then he he had a nice dead leg which actually ended up well to his detriment (laughs) because he he that that move worked a lot of times for him before his knee exploded in the championship game if i'm not mistaken yep and then yeah hyatt it doesn't seem like he gives you much after the catch either it seems like he's gonna beat you or he's not and if he doesn't, he takes your safeties out of the play, so be it. Uh, but, I mean, like you said, very one-dimensional player. We got to talk about Kayshawn yet. We do. Because Kayshawn doesn't make an appearance in either top five. And I'm not necessarily surprised, uh, but where do you have Kayshawn? Kayshawn is my number eight. Uh, he was between my seven and eight. Uh, Hyatt got my seven. Keishon got my eight. Uh, I kind of want to switch it right now. <laughs> put him at my seven after talking about Hyatt. But, I mean, man, Keishon's tape is just boring, I guess. Like, there's just not a lot. Like, not, not actually boring once he has the ball. But he's not getting the ball. He's a lot of times not really open as much as I wanted him to be. Uh, he finds spots in zones against zone coverage, which is good. I, I mean, you're scouring the 2021 tape to find good Kayshawn film because the 2022 tape is bad. Like you're, there's just not a lot there. He has inconsistent hands, inconsistent routes, uh, loses a lot versus man coverage. He's not really a deep threat, uh, but he's really good after the catch. Uh, I, I don't know. There's just... There's a lot of inconsistency in Kayshawn's film for me, and 
the 2022 film was bad and 2021 film oh. is not a saving grace. Yeah, it was. I mean, we know, we know from being on this show every week, talking about Kayshawn all year. And now you get to this point, this is my number two wide receiver in the preseason. Uh, and the athleticism that, that put him there in the summer, it's still there. I mean, it's yeah. still there. And it's like, I have him at number six, but this is, this is the biggest bust potential in the draft for me because he's going to be drafted. I, I would assume, I would guess that he is going to still have pretty good NFL draft capital. He's going to be first round ADP in dynasty drafts until we have a reason not to have him there. And I'm just, I'm just not, I can't, I can't do that. And it's the 2022 film was terrible. I mean, the hands were atrocious. Just like it, it, I don't even know. Like, there's like a drop problem, and then there's like what Kayshawn was doing this year, which was just like, I mean, wide open. I mean, it just the ball just like bounces off of his hands, and it's just I don't know. He's a player. He's a project. He's a complete project right now. You are drafting a project. With potentially some red flags, big you know character concerns, it's going to come up. It's a thing, um, and you're drafting a project. He's not. He's going to be 20 years old when he's drafted. He's a young player, ultra athlete. There's just there's no guarantees with Kayshawn. He, there's such a a ceiling here because of the athletic traits, because of how good he is after the catch. I mean, there there's a lot here that you can like, and somebody in your dynasty league will like. It's not gonna be me. I, like if he's anywhere around ten, twelve, ADP, I'm good. I'm gonna hard pass on that. If he's fallen into the second, take the shot. Yeah, but I, there's just a, a few guys like I'm taking Rasheed Rice over him. I'm sorry. Like it, it, I just see a lot more in terms of being good at wide receiver than I see with Kayshawn. I mean, there he just does a lot more fundamentally. And then Kayshawn, yeah, he's a freak athlete, but what else? And we just haven't really seen that. I mean, that's the thing. Like I have, Bo- I have booty six and I have, uh, I have Rasheed at seven. And it's like with Kayshawn, none of it's there. You, like you're you're waiting for the player to to come into the athlete. With Rasheed, it's like what you see is what you get. I think yeah. like he is what he is, and he's a damn good player. But it's like you know, Kayshawn has the the explosiveness that like few player few wide receivers in this class have just naturally. So I'm not I'm not ready to throw him away yet, but. There's there's a lot of question marks with him where I I like I have him at number six, but if you put me on the clock and Kayshawn is BPA on my board, I would sit there and I'd be like, Do I want to do this? Do will I be am I willing to do this with this player? Because I don't think it's gonna be it, it has a it has potential to be very not fun. You know what's gonna happen? Kayshawn's gonna go to the Steelers. <laughs> and he's going to be really good. Yeah. That's the problem is it's going to be Pickens, Deontay, and Kayshawn, and he's going to be really good. And uh, so if that is the reality that we're living in come draft day, maybe I changed my mind a little bit, but I feel like 20 of the 30 franchises, 32 franchises, I don't know. That NBA has 30 franchises, not the NFL. 20 of the 32 franchises, it, this does not go well with Kayshawn, but there's a few that can probably make it work. Yeah, and we'll see. We'll see what happens with the narratives around Kayshawn. We get into testing season. I think that's going to maybe light a flame for him as well, but there is a long process ahead to get to that point and many, many more wide receivers to watch. This is only scratching the surface of this class which has been touted as a down year for wide receivers. And I 
I agree with that. I, I definitely agree that this is a down year. The top end is nowhere near what it was last year for me. And it's the middle rounds. It's the middle rounds where this class really shines. There's there's going to be names there to have. So we will get locked in on all of those guys. We'll have some of those names to talk about in a few weeks when we get to the Senior Bowl conversation because that is only a couple of weeks away. Senior Bowl week coming up quickly here. Um, but we have, uh, what is it? One more? We doing, we're doing one more tight ends and IDPs next week. Sounds right to me. Damn dude. All right. Flying through them. There we go. There we go. So, uh, last stop on our rankings 2.0 journey next week, hybrid episode. We will go more in depth with each of those position groups later on in the process, but for now we'll keep it tight there. Uh, until we get there, follow us on Twitter at camp underscore dynasty and on TikTok at camp dot dynasty and tune in every week here at camp dynasty for more juicy dynasty draft content because we are thriving right now. Uh, middle of the NFL playoffs, middle of winter scouting coming up on the post season all-star events this is a great time to be alive colin god i'm so excited to see all these guys at the senior bowl at the combine and then eventually get drafted in the nfl draft i feel like it's been such a rewarding season so far and it'll just continue to be like our guys are are moving on into this next phase of their careers hell yeah man all right well until next week Go Jags. Go Jags, baby. (laughs) Go Jags, baby. And thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty. Have a great week.